John Bunyan spent three years in the army, only to return home as a tinker, a term we don't use for an occupation today. But then he sensed another call, a call to preach, and it landed the Puritan preacher in the Bedfordshire County Jail. before Pilgrim's Progress, the first novel written in the English language, written while Bunyan was in prison for violating the Conventicle Act of 1664 that prohibited the holding of religious services outside the established Church of England. A few years ago, I passed through Bedford, a small museum, not much left from Bunyan's time. But then on that same day, I drove 12 miles away to the small market town of Olney, a hundred years later. John Newton pastored his first church there, a Church of England, but a new day. Both men preached to those who felt they had no right to go into a church. Both men preached amazing grace. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, and we're in a series this week called Eternity Before Us. We've been talking this week about Puritans who lived lives that were filled with wonder and delight in the Lord. Some described it as a God-entranced life. I know for some this sounds surprising, since the modern version of a Puritan is someone who's dark and gloomy. But the reality is that the more time we spend with the Puritans, you get caught up in their love for Jesus and the joy they encountered as they sought to walk with Him. Well, today, on this program, we're going to talk about one of the most well-known Puritans of all, Ironically, he's probably also one of the least educated. Knowing that, would it surprise you to know that he wrote a novel that is the best-selling book outside of the Bible? But John Bunyan was much more than the father of Pilgrim's Progress. He had a heart to share the gospel with everyday people like you and me. And that passion landed him in jail for many years as the government told him he could not preach because he was not a trained minister. Stay with me. Let's go back in time. Let's see God's amazing grace at work in the 17th century. This will encourage you that God's grace is abundant even today. And then after the program, I want to send you a new documentary that powerfully tells the story of the Puritans for your gift to this ministry. It's a God-entranced heart and a God-entranced stomach and a God-entranced ears and eyes and All of life and experience is God entranced. And they saw this is the joy and good news we're made for. And therefore, this is truth worth living and worth dying for. And if we are not ready and willing to lay down our lives for the truth of God, then not only is God being dishonored, people's eternal lives are being imperiled. Excerpts from the film that's called Puritan, All of Life to the Glory of God. We'll hear more from this DVD later in the program. Afterwards, I want to send you a copy of this feature-length documentary when you make your tax-deductible gift to the ministry. The number you can call in a little bit is 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN, or visit our website, Watch an extended trailer we put there for this movie, Puritan, and then you can make your gift at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. 
And yes, we still have copies of Dane Ortland's Gentle and Lowly book and the hardback and the audio version for your gift as well. If you're yearning to know the heart of Jesus better, then you need to read this book or listen to it right away. And now let's open the program with A Pilgrim's Progress. Keep running. Lord, I'm tired. I'm so tired from traveling. This straight and narrow is so much harder than I thought. And on this path, I've met both doubt and pain. And I've heard their voices say, yeah, you've given all you've got There's a cloud of witnesses, the ones who've run this race And even louder than my fears, they're crying Why you lift your face and keep running, keep running Don't lose heart, don't you give up now Don't turn around, you've got to find a way somehow to keep reaching, keep fighting. The pain cannot compare to the reward that will be yours, that waits in store for those who just keep running. On this road, this fight for I've struggled and I've bled through these dangerous poison smells. I have foes, their siren voices call, saying, Boy, you're bound to fall with that heavy cross you bear. But I remember there was one who died to win this race. He took the cross, he crushed the grave, and oh, I can hear my. Say, keep running, keep running. Don't lose heart, don't you give up now. Don't turn around, you've got to find a way somehow to keep reaching, keep fighting. The pain cannot compare to the woe that will be yours. The weight's in store for those who just keep running. Yeah. Can't go on, and you'll never see the dawn, and you're just about to break. But don't stop now. Know that every sacrifice it'll all be worth the price when you finally see his face. Just keep running.
was Matt Papa from his album Look and Live and a song called A Pilgrim's Progress. Keep running here on A Haven Today called Eternity Before Us. I'm Charles Morris. Ever hear of the Scarlet Letter by Nathaniel Hawthorne? Or maybe The Crucible by Arthur Miller? One is a novel, the other is a play. But both give us a picture of the Puritans and Puritan culture in New England that is downright frightening. Hawthorne's stern yet beloved minister is unwilling to confess his sin publicly, but willing to let the poor woman he defiled to live her life in ridicule and hatred. She was branded with the scarlet A, so everyone knew her sin. It's a story of betrayal and hypocrisy that has shaped what we think of the Puritans today. And the crucible, the play, is no different. It, too, is set in Massachusetts during one of the most famous times in history, the Salem Witch Trials. The Puritans in this play were so devoted to a pure community and a strictly moral code that they were willing to put to death anyone suspected of deviancy in the dark arts. Severe, stern, uncompromising, these works that have shaped our modern understanding of who the Puritans were, but there's one book that's missing. Outside of the Bible, Pilgrim's Progress is the best-selling book in history, and it was written by a Puritan. In fact, it's the first novel ever written in the English language. John Bunyan may not have had the academic acumen of a John Owen, we talked about him a few days ago. He was just a tinker. But there's something he did have that drew even Owen's envy. John Bunyan is coming down from Bedford to preach early in the morning uh, outside of London, and John Owen is going out to listen to Bunyan preach. Now, Owen moves in exalted circles, and it is said that King Charles II asked Owen, why do you go to hear that tinker prate? Why do you go to listen to that manual labourer chatter? And Owen is said to have replied, Your Majesty, if I could preach Christ the way that tinker preaches Christ, I would willingly relinquish all my learning. And that, I think, shows you the heart of the man. I want to exalt Christ. That's what he consecrates his learning to. And the better he can do that, the more ready he is to sacrifice anything else he is and has. That's Pastor Jeremy Walker from England talking in the Puritan documentary about the unique friendship that John Owen had with John Bunyan. Bunyan lived in the 1600s and spent most of his life as a tinker. Now, what is that? Well, it was a tinsmith specializing in dinnerware. But forks and spoons were not his cup of tea. The Lord grabbed him and turned him into a powerful preacher. But there was a problem. He was a nonconformist, a Puritan, one who refused to follow the king's orders when it came to holding a church service. The king had instituted a law in the 1660s that all sermons and prayers must be read directly from the Book of Common Prayer. No embellishments, no additional or alternative material allowed. The nonconformists saw this as a direct attack on their biblical call to worship. So they refused, and many of them had to go into hiding, but not Bunyan. Instead, Bunyan was arrested, and he spent the next 12 years in a prison. 
For many, that would have been the end. But John Bunyan followed in the footsteps of the Apostle Paul. Paul went to prison several times, all for refusing to stop preaching the gospel of Christ. But when he went to prison, that's when he got busy. History tells us he wrote Colossians, Ephesians, Philemon, Philippians, and his two letters to Timothy, all from prison. Almost half of his New Testament letters came from a cell block. And while John Bunyan was not writing scripture, he stands in that tradition of using whatever circumstances he was in for the glory of the Lord. And that's an encouragement for us, too. Whatever hardships we may be facing, the Lord is with us, and the Lord can use us where we are for his glory and the good of our neighbor. John Bunyan truly believed that, and it was in that prison cell in Bedfordshire, England, that John Bunyan wrote Pilgrim's Progress. It's a simple story. It's an allegory of the Christian life. The main character's name is Christian. He's brought to the righteous path to the celestial city by a man named Evangelist. And along the way, he faces temptations and trials, eventually crossing the river of death and entering into the celestial city to enjoy eternal life forever. The plot of the story is simple, but the wisdom and the insight John Bunyan gives to us through this simple story is profound. I think the genius of John Bunyan is he was able to speak to the average person. He, he could address people who had never gone to Oxford, who had never gone to Cambridge, uh, who were not highly educated, who did not come from families of literacy. He was the tinkerer from Bedford, and he, he spoke to the common man, but oh, did he speak. And a lot of Bunyan's eloquence actually gets into his writing, and I think myself that uh, the very tops of it is the uh, narrative eloquence that you got in The Pilgrim's Progress. If I may slip in this admonition, I would urge everybody to read Pilgrim's Progress once a year. You won't be disappointed and you won't be impoverished either. Another segment from the Puritan documentary with Steve Lawson and the late J.I. Packer talking about John Bunyan. Here on Haven Today, my name is Charles Morris, and the program is called Eternity Before Us. Let me join my voice with Jim Packer and encourage you to read Pilgrim's Progress, if you never have. It's a wonderful story that anyone can enjoy, and surprisingly, it was written by a Puritan. And when we think of Puritans, our minds should not immediately go to the dark and gloomy stories of the Scarlet Letter or the Crucible that I mentioned earlier. Instead, our minds should go to Pilgrim's Progress and the stories of courageous people who risked their lives to share the gospel. And it brings me back to the story of the Apostle Paul, who before that was called Saul. Saul was there when the persecution began, but he was on the other side. He hated Christians, and he hated this gospel he was hearing about. He would do anything to stamp it out, and that's just what he was trying to do. 
When Acts 7 tells us that Stephen was martyred for preaching the gospel, it tells us that Saul was there, approving of everything. And that was only the beginning. From that point forward, Saul was determined to get rid of this problematic movement of radicals. He set out to arrest and even kill any Christian he could find, beginning way up north in Damascus. But on the way, as you have already heard, the Lord Jesus broke into his life. Acts 9, which is the first time we hear of Saul's conversion, tells us that Jesus blinded Saul on the way and confronted him. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? That was the moment Paul came to Christ, and Jesus turned him into a powerful preacher. But like the Puritans so many years later, Paul would have to learn the cost of preaching Christ. Everywhere Paul went, trouble seemed to follow him. As more and more people became convinced that Jesus was the Messiah, the more and more the religious and political rulers got nervous. And then it happened. Paul was in Ephesus, preaching the gospel, when a silversmith named Demetrius caught wind of what was happening. Demetrius made a lot of money making idols, figurines of Artemis, the Greek goddess, As many turned to Christ in Ephesus, Demetrius saw his business beginning to go south, and he decided to stir up the crowd. He raised his voice. He addressed the crowd. Here's what he said in Acts 19. You know, my friends, that we receive a good income from this business. As you see and hear how this fellow Paul is convinced and led astray large numbers of people here in Ephesus and in practically the whole province of Asia, he says that gods made by human hands are no gods at all. There is danger, not only that our trade will lose its good name, but also that the temple of the great goddess Artemis will be discredited. It wasn't just Demetrius. It was the whole Ephesian way of life that was in danger, and what followed next was chaos, a riot even, and all because Paul boldly proclaimed the good news of Jesus. Paul was eventually arrested. He was becoming dangerous in the eyes of Rome, because everywhere he went, crowds gathered and nearly erupted. Paul's life, have you thought about it like this, was a Puritan life. He was committed to the truth. He was full of joy and the Holy Spirit, and he wasn't willing to compromise on what he knew the Lord had called him to. Paul knew that following Christ had a cost attached. When Jesus calls us, he calls us to come and die. Take up your cross, he said to his disciples in Matthew 10. Follow me. The Christian life is a life dedicated to Jesus. It's a life that is infatuated, entranced with him. That's what the cross means. It means death. Taking it up means relinquishing your own ways of living, your own ideas about what is good, and embracing Jesus as your one true Savior. John Bunyan, sitting in that jail cell in Bedfordshire, England, writing furiously, he understood this. Paul the Apostle sitting in his prison accommodations, which were probably even worse, composing some of the greatest letters ever written. He understood this. So what about us? Do we understand what it means to follow Christ? Have we committed ourselves to him? 
Have we taken up our cross to follow in his wake? The important thing to remember is this. Even if we struggle to bear the weight of our cross, Jesus Christ took up his cross and finished the job. He stood in our place, and by his grace, we are made children of the Lord Almighty. We're free to give up, free to give him our all, free to love as he has called us to love. We find our greatest joy when we live life entranced by the goodness and the compassion of God, all for Christ, all for his glory. I'd like you to hear a hymn written by John Bunyan. It was originally found in the sequel to Pilgrim's Progress, published in 1684. Churches have sung it off and on for centuries. In 1906, the lyrics were updated, and we're going to hear the choir at Trinity College in England sing it for us. It's a song rooted in the ideas found in Hebrews 11, that we are but strangers and pilgrims on this earth. And I particularly like how the song ends, realizing our journey would not be possible, aside from the power of the Holy Spirit. Since, Lord, thou dost defend us with thy spirit, we know we at the end shall life inherit. Then, fancies flee away. I'll fear not what men say. I'll labor night and day to be a pilgrim. with words inspired by John Bunyan. Sometimes this hymn is called To Be a Pilgrim, but you might know it as He Who Would Valiant Be. And that was the Trinity College Choir singing for us today, here on a haven today, eternity before us. We've been hearing from many listeners to this program who are excited about this new documentary called Puritan, All of Life to the Glory of God. We've heard from a Sunday school teacher who was looking forward to watching the film with their church, and a homeschooling family who's looking forward to using Puritan with homeschool studies. And there are many people who just want to learn about God's providential hand to keep the gospel pure. The Puritans faced many of the same challenges we do today. Churches growing stagnant, overreaching political powers, and a blatant disregard for knowing God. But when you watch this new documentary, you're going to be encouraged to see how they found joy in Jesus and were able to glorify him even in difficult days. I know you'll be greatly encouraged as you watch this beautifully shot film that features some of the most trusted Bible teachers and theologians of our day. Call us right now. Make your gift and we'll send you the double DVD that includes the two-hour documentary, a bonus DVD with lots of extras, and a digital 
download link. Our number to call right now is 800-654-2836. 800-65-HAVEN. Or visit our website, watch the trailer. It's a little extended trailer that we put up for Puritan. And you can make your gift there then at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And if you've been meaning to, contact us, but just haven't gotten around to it. We still have copies of the hardback or the audiobook of Dane Ortland's Gentle and Lowly. A final word. Earlier, we heard an excerpt from the late J.I. Packer. He died last August. And I wanted to remind you that we have an extended interview with him, which is now available on our new podcast called Great Stories. Dr. Packer is now with the Lord, but I sat down with him a few years ago and we had a wonderful conversation about weakness, finding our strength in the Lord. And you can find great stories there on our website, haventoday.org, or on your favorite podcast provider. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow, when on Friday we'll share together again the great story. It's all about Jesus, here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. It's a truth we often hear. The Christian life is a battle. No, not against flesh and blood, people groups, or world leaders. Our battle is against the spiritual forces of evil at work. The enemies of Israel remind us of the ever-present danger of our enemies in this world. And David's battle strategy in Psalm 9 teaches us how we should fight. 9, 1, and 2 says, I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. I will be glad and rejoice. Therefore, verse 3, my enemies turn back, they stumble. The battle is won not with weapons, but with song. Christians who know Christ have every reason to praise. When we sing, our enemies flee. Spend more time with Jesus with Anchor Devotional. Visit GetAnchor.com.